Good, probably morning. <laughs> I am always up either way too late or way too early, but I can't really tell if 2 a.m. is considered early or late, so I will leave that up to you. This is The Shrug with your host, Jess. Um, so I wanted to just get into it and talk to people about this podcast I actually just recently was introduced to. It is called Dying for Sex. So the thing behind this is these two best friends, Nikki and Molly, uh, they've been best friends forever. And I guess what ends up happening is Molly finds out that she has stage four terminal cancer. You know, she's fairly older, I guess, you know, 45 or something when she finds out. Um, she's lived with cancer before, but this, it became terminal. And so she leaves her marriage of 15 years, an unhappy marriage, by the way. Because when she find out, found out she was, had terminal cancer, guys, this is going to make you so mad. They were, her and her husband were in, like, um, therapy. And when she found out it was terminal cancer, she got a phone call and found out. And he goes, can we get to back to why I'm mad? When she told him. I just want a piece of it. Fuck shit. Anyways. I'm sure he had his issues, but that was pretty shitty. Uh, regardless, Molly then leaves her unhappy marriage of 15 years and decides to start figuring out her body. And that means she starts going on dates, lots and lots of dates. And she's having sex and meeting guys and making connections. And, you know, one of her, one of the goals that she had is that she really wanted to fall in love before she died, you know, cause it's terminal cancer. She knows she's dying. Um, and she comes to this conclusion. She writes a book, too. That was her other goal. She comes to this conclusion that, you know, the person that she ended up falling in love with was herself. And I don't know. If you don't think that's fucking beautiful, then, you know, I don't know if we could be friends. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I don't have a lot of friends anyways. I'm a little bit much to handle, to say the least. But coming back to it, I listened to this whole podcast while at work, you know, there's six episodes, it's a whole season, they make a second season, um, this is after, you know, things go down, I don't want to ruin the podcast for you, but I mean, she does die, Molly does die, um, and so Nikki carries on the podcast still, but it is so interesting to hear Molly, she starts talking about how she runs into all these fetishes, and how she makes all these wonderful connections, they even bring a couple of the guys from the wonderful stories she tells onto the podcast and they're really nice guys you know if you if you just heard these stories in passing you would think maybe these guys were kind of douchebags but then you meet like actually talk to these guys and they're actually genuinely pretty cool you know and it's interesting someone brings up um you know that she had this terminal cancer why is it that she wanted to spend her last however long with strangers you know making these connections and it comes to find out that molly had always struggled with her sexuality and what she liked and what she didn't like in her body. And I guess, I haven't seen a picture of Molly, but my guess is that she's this really beautiful woman because, I mean, just listening to her voice, you get this, like, feeling that she's, like, fun and adventurous and spontaneous. And you're just hearing her stories. Obviously, you think you could figure that out, too. I mean, she talks all about all these guys and all these different, like, fetishes she, that she runs into, and she's super non-judgmental, which is super freaking cool. <laughs> her and her friend have the most dark humor I think I've heard outside of a healthcare field in my life. And also the mic is moving and my cat's going to meow. So just, just work with me here. I can't really do much about it. He's, he's a little bit clingy. Oh, pancake. 
you a bit clingy, aren't you, buddy? Anyways, I I finished listening to this podcast in the last episode. Molly is actively dying. Uh, they, and, you know, being in the healthcare profession, they talk about her. And it's interesting because it's from their point of view being in a hospital. They talk about how she, you know, her lungs start filling up with extra fluid and that it's getting harder and harder for her to breathe and that she ends up in the ICU and intubated. And then, you know, the passing, the best friend is there for the passing. And, you know, they're talking about all these, you know, things they don't really understand or, you know, they probably do now because they got explained enough, you know, knowing that they had the cancer enough and went in and out of the hospital. But, you know, sitting there listening as a healthcare professional, you're like, dang, you know, that's, it's rough. And to hear that they were still living life and still grabbing at it and not, you know, not giving up. Molly didn't sound like at any point she just wanted to roll over and accept the diagnosis, which is awesome. I mean, she didn't really accept it, you know, not in like a non-healthy way. She did in a very healthy way. And a lot of people might say, oh, you know, going around sleeping with a bunch of people is not healthy. Okay, maybe not for you, okay? This isn't a one-size-fits-all. For Molly, that's exactly what she needed. She had spent 15 years in a marriage that was vanilla, and she wanted to find out more about her body and more about other people in this world, and she did, and that's amazing. It kind of gave me a new perspective. I personally have been struggling to um struggling to allow myself to physically touch people and it's not just because of corona i mean physically allow people to touch me as well in ways that are even just friendly uh, i have a hard time allowing people to hug me i have a hard time allowing myself to feel things for other people that are real when i start to feel something real or if someone tells me they like me, the first thing I do is run really fast in the other direction. In fact, I had this happen with a really good friend, and I'm I love this friend. I love this friend a lot. And he told me, you know, that he likes me or whatever, and I do like him. I just I'm not in that place in my life right now where I want to do anything like that. I don't want a relationship right now. I am really happy with what I'm doing right now you know my ex and I didn't work out but we're still friends I mean again other people are going to say that's not healthy but for me and him it's working um I've got great friends that I'm making better connections with and unfortunately like I said these connections sometimes lead to things that are a little bit more and while I do really like this friend it's not something that I I see going anywhere right now, maybe not even soon, not even soon-ish. I just don't even, I just really enjoy this person as a person. Like, I don't even see them as, most of the time when I was dating, the way I would see someone is I was like, is this a person I can see that, you know, wanting to spend the rest of my life with? And not like right away, you know, I didn't, I mean, daydreaming obviously is a lot of fun, but I would find key factors in a person and go, okay, yeah, I could live with this forever or this is definitely not ever going to work and now when I'm talking to a person or just a friend or whatever I'm not you know I'm not actively out there trying to do that um 
I'm, I'm mostly just kind of forming connections simply to form connections. I'm rebuilding connections with friends. I'm finding that people want to be my friend. I, I'm not, I'm not used to that. I'm not used to people wanting to talk to me or, um, I don't know. I just, I'm not used to any of this attention, which is so interesting for me. And I think it's because I've had this like weird, my friend called it an ego death. And I think I had this weird ego death that led to an ability to restart, to rekindle friendships that I had kind of let go sideways because I don't really know what to do with them. But I'm going to go back to my main point here is over time, when you spend enough time with somebody, you are going to find feelings for them or something or whatever the fuck happens when you spend time with people. <laughs> I don't even know. And I'm just not there is what I'm saying. I'm, I'm saying like, I'm, I'm not ready to go anywhere or take anything to the next level with people. I'm really happy with where I'm at. I love being feels free and peaceful and doing my own thing and not having to rely on other people and ask other people what they're doing or you know basically like with a boyfriend you're always asking like when they have free time or if they even have free time for you or your expectations are that they want to spend time with you and then you find out they really don't they want to do something else and that hurts your feelings and I don't ever want to be in that power struggle again I don't I didn't like it the first time I didn't like it any time but now I've got these friends that want to hang out and I've got friends that tell me that they miss me. And I'm make, like I said, I'm making more friends at work and I'm making friends just in general and I'm rekindling relationships and, you know, they're liking me and I do like them, but like I'm not going anywhere. And so I tell them that's my boundary. I say, listen, we can be friends, we can hang out, but I'm good. Like I'm good with it being ending at that. And if that's not okay, then that's fine. Like, then you're going to have to deal with it or we don't be friends. And I had, I had a friend because like I said, when, when someone tells me they like me, the first thing I do is start ghosting them completely. I don't know why. It just freaks me out. I'm like, whew, I don't know what to do with this. I'm not good with it. And I wish I was different. I wish I was better. Um, and I did this to my friend, you know, I, you know, I found out he liked me and it felt different for some reason. And I was like, okay, well, I'm going to do what I normally do, which is just, you know, distance myself. And maybe that'll make them not like me, which is what I found has happened, helped in the past is just distance myself and maybe they'll stop liking me. And he came back around and I, I'm really honest about my feelings when presented with an opportunity to be. And I told him, I was like, listen, I'm sorry. That's my, I said, listen, that's, you know, I'm sorry that, you know, it felt like I was ghosting you. I was. Um, <laughs> I just tend to cope with things a little bit differently, and I'm trying not to. You know, growth suggests that I try and do things like this differently. <laughs> and, you know, it's so nice to feel like you can be open with your feelings like that. And he said, that's okay. You know, he was like, I get it. You know, you've been through a lot, and I appreciate you telling me. And I'm not going to let you go as a friend. And if that's all it is, that's fine too. And I just want to have you in my life because it's better that way. And I was like, thank you. Like, that's, that's really nice to hear. Like, I mean, sometimes you tell people things like that. And the first thing they do is yell and scream because they're not getting what they want. And it was so nice to 
have somebody who, even though they want more from you, you told them no, and that was okay. And so, you know, I still struggle. Like, he and I have never really had a very, I guess, physical friendship or even physical just being of togetherness. Um, we would, like, bro high-five and whatnot or even stand, like, seven feet apart. Like, that is how non you know, physical we were. And now we're at a point where like we hug sometimes or something. And, um, he's very affectionate. He's just, he's very affectionate and it's lovely. I do really love affection only. I don't really want it right now. <laughs> and I, I tried to explain that. I was like, listen, I'm kind of weird about touch right now. Like I don't, I don't want all that extra affection if that's okay. And he's like, well, is it me? And I was like, no, it's me. I don't want it. And so, I mean, this does come back to the podcast because I just want to get back. You know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tie it in. I swear to God, critical thinking, right? I just, I'm in a, I really am in a weird spot with my physicality right now. You know, uh, with my ex, you know, we're physical. And it's because I know him and I know his touch. And, like, I don't feel like I have to relearn it or anything. You know, it's very familiar to me. And so my body readily accepts touch from him. I don't physically, like, search out or touch from him myself, but if he were to reach out and touch me, I'm probably not going to flinch, is what I'm saying, but right now, other people touching me causes me to flinch, it causes me to say, no, I'm good, and I don't know, I do kind of have an idea of where it comes from, but I don't know why it came back, especially because I'm a very physical person, I love to hug my friends, I love to kiss my friends, I love to just be on my friends and make them feel good and just I love my friends I love to show love physically and for some reason I'm in a moment where I just don't want people touching me <laughs> and it it's so odd but listening to this podcast you know Molly she wanted people she wanted to feel touch and she wanted to feel alive and she wanted her to feel her body and I just, it was so beautiful to hear someone whose body had betrayed them. Like her body was rebelling against her in every single way you could think of. And she still went out there and she was getting it, man. Not only was she getting it, but she was forming beautiful connections that these people did remember. And, you know, even after she died, her friend Nikki said that, she, you know, she was, she had the phone, she had Molly's phone and these men we're still reaching out and trying to get with her and stuff. And I mean, I know that men do that anyways, but I mean, the men didn't know she died and a lot of the men didn't know she was sick. And so, you know, even just having these one night stands with some of these guys, they still wanted to see her again or whatever. And I just thought, man, that's beautiful to be such a loving person. And one of the guys, he talks about how, you know, learning that she died is interesting because it shows him that he, you know, he wishes he would have given her more during the time they did have together, that it was beautiful and that he should have been more present and this, this, and this. And I think, I think that's beautiful. I think it's beautiful to realize that death is inevitable. We are going to all die. And, you know, she just had a little bit more time to know that she was dying actively. We are all actively dying. Every choice we make, everything we do, ultimately is going to lead to the time that we die. Which is fine, obviously, because there is no better motivation than knowing that it ends. And I think for some people that is super scary and they don't know how to do, deal with it. And in fact, because they don't know how to deal with it, they like go around and just kind of 
unintentionally do things. I've been trying to learn to be more intentional in my life in general. I'm more intentional about what goes into my body, like food-wise and when. I've started intermittent fasting. Let me tell you, uh, it's rough. I tried a couple times and I was like, this is fuck- this fucking sucks. And then finally one day I was like, Jazz, you can literally do whatever you put your mind to, so literally just fucking do it. Pancake, come on, dude. What is, what is your issue? Is this... Is this your, is this how you get off? You just like to make random noise in the background when I'm feeling, I swear to God, this cat. Pancake. I have a friend, he named his cat cat, you know, kind of like breakfast at Tiffany's Audrey Hepburn's cat. My cat doesn't belong to me and it, I don't belong to it. It's just cat. I used to call this cat cat until he was pancake. Anyways, I, uh. I just, I've been trying to be more intentional about life because it is something that does end. And I know that sounds really dumb to say because we all know that, but I feel like a lot of us just aren't intentional and I wish we could be. I wish we could be more intentional with the connections we form. I wish we could just be nice to each other. I mean, you don't, just because you form a connection with somebody doesn't mean it has to go on forever and it doesn't mean it has to be the most perfect thing that happens. But I know, I think I know that there's quite a few that, of people that I've met up with that I hope I've changed their life even just for a little bit. And, you know, I know that I'm changed because I've met people. You know, my friend that I've been telling you about, he has definitely changed my life a lot. He has introduced me to this hormetic effect. And, you know, I already knew about the hormetic effect. Cats! They say that's a little excessive for three o'clock in the morning. And this hormetic effect obviously is what exercise revolves around, you know, you stress in your body just the right amount to cause growth. And so that's what I've been doing. There's constant hormetic effects in every area of my life, from intermittent fasting to, you know, daily workouts to uh, finding rest, time for rest and relaxation, to making sure that I am filling up my baby's cup, to forming connections, literally everything you can think of, I have added to my life to make it 1% better every day. I just want to be better. I just want to feel better, I guess. And I've never felt as much of myself as I do right now. I had this moment of just like, again, ego, just death. And I was like, wow, is this what it feels like to actually like yourself? Wow, never been here before, fuck. And so all of a sudden I feel like a whole different person and I think that does attribute, attribute, hmm, really seen the word spelled, attribute to the fact that I'm able to form connections better now. I'm form, I'm making friends and I'm finding things that are resonating with me a lot more. And I'm, I don't know, I just, I, I wish I could give this, I wish there was a secret I could tell people, but the thing is I just started choosing different things. I just started choosing to be better, I guess is really what it comes down to. I was like, you know what? I want to live up to, you know, all the talk. I am better. I'm going to be better and I choose to be better. And that's helped me in a lot of more ways than one. Uh, I choose myself, you know, I choose me and my baby. I choose happiness and (laughs) I had a friend. Okay. No, no, no. I don't even want to talk about that right now. I'm going to talk about that a whole nother time because like happiness and People getting anxious when they're happy. You're like, you okay, bud? Really? You get anxious when you're happy? Or are you just that miserable constantly? Okay. We'll talk. We'll get into that one a little later, okay? Um, 
I had, I, ha- I have this book, obviously based on everything that I've done is Atlas Shrugged based. I've been re-listening to it. I tend to do that every six months because I find that I learn things from it. This cat is so loud at three o'clock in the morning. Is this what you do normally? Are you still mad that I put a collar on you? I swear to God. Anyways, in the book, there is a conversation where someone says, when I can't find you, and this sentence has no way of moving the plot forward. It's simply a filling in sentence. It's super just there. And the sentence to me, I was like, what? It made me feel, when I heard it, when I can't find you, it made me feel like I'm waiting for something. I'm waiting for someone, something, and I don't know if it's myself, someone outside myself, but I'm determined to find that person. I'm super determined. It doesn't make me anxious because it doesn't say if I find you or if I can't find you. It says when I can't find you, when being, you know, Eventually, I will find you. Not not if when, or if when I don't. I don't know. When I can't find you, then me and you. And there's, you know, there's it's involved. And it makes me feel so good. It makes me feel like there's something there for me that I haven't found yet, and I'm going to. And I don't know if it's, again, me, someone outside of me. Maybe, you know, it's this mythical Disney syndrome finding your prince charming maybe for me it's gonna be just fucking falling in love with myself or something I don't fucking know but this sentence I asked a bunch of people when I say when I can't find you what does it make you feel and what does it make you think of for a lot of people they said things like anxiety they said I can't find this person I'm lost in a fog or a forest or you know and I can't get out and I can't see whatever And I had a friend, she said, I know I'll find you in the place only we know. And I'm like, man, this is some poetic bullshit. I love it. Then I did have another friend who answered almost exactly the same as me. And that's how I knew this person probably should stay in my life. I was like, you should probably be in my life because we answered exactly the same, which means at the core, you and I have a lot in common. And I like that. But... No, I haven't asked my other friend either. I should ask. It's uh, To me, it's an interesting question because it has brought different uh, conversation to life with me and a bunch of other people. And it leads to another question, which is, what do you want to be loved for? And I had so many responses. I had people who said, for being true to myself, for my heart, for my creativity, for being nice, for doing nice things and I thought all these are so great I thought it was great to hear what people really want to be seen for because I know that I haven't felt seen in a really long time and finally I started feeling seen and I think it's because I actually started opening myself up to being seen and it feels really nice it feels really nice to be exactly who I am establish the boundaries I want and still have people want to be a part of my life because you know that's what we look for and fight this cat is finally it's finally fucking quiet huh are you done you done fucking around at three o'clock in the morning yeah does that make you feel like a man pancake yeah anyways I I'm a really funny person I'm really full of life and 
I don't know what I want to be loved for. I still haven't figured out my answer, but it was so nice to hear other people's answers and figure out, I don't necessarily want to be loved for things I can do. I don't necessarily want to be loved for how I make someone feel. I don't know yet. All in all, this uh, whole ego death, finding this podcast, I which I cried. I cried huge crocodile tears at the end. Um, you know, and I really just wanted to take a moment. I, never, I don't think they'll ever listen to this. Nikki will probably never listen to this. I hope Molly sees this. I don't know. I just want to say thank you for sharing that story because I think it will change a lot of the ways people look at relationships and one night stands and stuff. And I think that's the right way to do it. I think it's the right way to change our, what we think on these things, because honestly, a lot of people want to tear them down and act like they're these bad things, but forming connections is never a bad thing. So Thank you for sharing your story, and if I ever got an opportunity to meet you, I would be more than happy to just give you a hug and laugh inappropriately at things, because I also laugh at inappropriate things. I plan on reading Molly's book. It's called Becoming Hold by Molly. I don't remember her last name, but I'm going to find it. I'm going to read it. And I just, I'm changed from listening to this podcast, and I hope other people will find it and also be changed. And I hope that my podcast also, you know, I was listening to it. I was like, man, this is really well done. Like, fuck, I need to really hone in on what I'm going to do. I really hope my podcast makes people think, makes them maybe, I don't know. I hope it brings them something. And so I'm going to end this podcast. We're about 30 minutes in. I'm going to end this episode by saying you should never have to force things. Something doesn't feel right. You should listen to your body. you got to listen to your body. Your body knows best. And so that's why I'm not freaking out right now about my inability to accept human touch at the moment. I'm not freaking out that, you know, I, my cousin said it best, actually. I am a great, happy person, but it's okay not to be that way all the time. And that's, that's okay, too. And it's okay to not want a relationship necessarily right now because you haven't found what you think is the right person and it's okay it's all okay I mean you should never feel rushed into anything you should never feel like you have to do anything you should always choose it intentionally you should make conscious active decisions and I hope that for everyone and I just wherever you are Nikki I hope you're doing okay I'm sorry you lost your best friend. I'm going to start getting emotional now. Trying not to. And I hope that people that listen to this, I hope you get loved for exactly what you want to be loved for. Whatever that might be. And I hope that you don't live in constant anxiety or fear or just the unknown of what's going to happen in your life. I hope you, I hope you're happy. And even if you're not exactly happy, I hope you're peaceful because I don't necessarily think happiness is a state of being. I think it's a process, but I definitely think peace is a state of being. I hope you find that more than you find happiness because happiness is fleeting. And I think Hallmark uses it to sell cards, but peace, that is everlasting and it's just so nice. 
Um, but this is Jazz signing off. Thank you so much. And I hope you know that you can always shrug it off. Bye, guys.